Welcome to Addressing Alaskans, where we feature community conversations around South Central Alaska. Join us on Alaska Public Media as we travel throughout our community and listen to local groups discuss what matters to them. Today on Addressing Alaskans, how would Anchorage mayoral candidates solve children and youth-related issues in the city? This forum was presented by Alaska Children's Trust and was recorded February 25th via video conference. Today's program was edited for length and technical delays. A full video of the event is available on the Addressing Alaskans page on alaskapublic.org. And a quick reminder that the Anchorage election takes place on Tuesday, April 6th. Good evening, everyone. I am Celeste Hodge-Browden, President and CEO of the Alaska Black Caucus, and I will be your moderator tonight. A few words about the format. We are kicking off the forum with 30-second introductions from each candidate, followed by a round of six policy questions from our co-host organizations, then 30-second closing statements. Each candidate has 90 seconds to answer our policy questions, and the order in which candidates are providing their statements and answers has been randomized. Leslie Reidel, CEO of Girl Scouts of Alaska, is our timekeeper and will be keeping time and showing cards with time warnings at 30 seconds left, 10 seconds left, then a final bell at time. Each candidate has a 10 second grace period before Leslie rings the bell for the final time, after which candidates will be muted by our form monitors. Candidates are required to have their cameras on throughout the forum. There will also be audience polls throughout the forum to engage you in the discussion around children and family issues in Anchorage. Since we are still in a global pandemic, we appreciate your understanding if either the candidates or the hosts encounter technical difficulties. Lastly, on decorum, we expect everyone participating in this forum to treat the candidates and fellow audience members with respect and civility since we have youth participating and families watching at home. Any inappropriate comments or behavior will not be tolerated. On that note, let us get started by meeting our candidates for Mayor of Anchorage. Ms. Herndon, you are kicking us off. Thank you very much. And thank everybody for being here tonight. My name is Heather Herndon. I'm running for Mayor of Anchorage. I'm from here. I went to Fairview Elementary School, Central, Central Junior High and West High School before I went on to the university. And I even participated in the university as part of my postgrad over in Scotland. So I, and I see the Girl Scouts are here, which is wonderful because when I was in Fairview Elementary, I was in the Girl Scouts as well. So, um, and I will send it to the next person to interview themselves. Mr. Martinez, you are next. Good evening, everyone. My name is George Martinez, and I'm running for mayor of Anchorage because the future of my family depends on the future of the city. I'm a husband, a father with two little ones in the school district, a former university professor, and a former special assistant to the mayor of Anchorage from 2015 to 2019, where I work with many on this call in my role as focusing on economic development, youth development, and education. And I believe that the most important pipeline that we can build is the cradle to career and beyond pipeline. It's work that I've, I've done already. It's work that I'm ready to continue to do. I look forward to the conversation tonight. Thank you, Celeste. Mr. Evans, you're up. Thank you. My name is Bill Evans. Uh, some of you may know me from my time serving on Anchorage Assembly, uh, but for those that don't, uh, I've tried to make service part of my life's work, whether I was serving my country in the 82nd Airborne Division, my community as a police officer, 
uh, or in Anchorage after I was appointed to several boards and commissions by both Republicans and Democrats. Uh, if elected mayor, my administration will be focused on rebuilding our economy, addressing homelessness, and reducing crime. Thank you. Mr. Falsey, you're next. Thank you. The April 2021 election is about who is best prepared to meet the moment and deliver. I'm the only candidate in the race with significant executive management and local government experience. I've been city manager, city attorney, and you've seen me on your screens for earthquakes, fires, and global pandemics. I'm the son of David, whose job in the Air Force brought us to town, and of Margie, who taught special ed at Rabbit Creek Elementary for many years. Jeanette Lee's husband and the father of Stella, who's seven, and James, who's five. I'm invested in our future. This is my hometown, and I want Anchorage to be as good to your kids and mine as it was to me. Thank you. Mr. Brown, welcome. Hello. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Brown, and I'm running for mayor. Uh, the reason I'm running for mayor is because I feel that politics are, are very divisive right now. There's hyper-partisanship. Uh, all the leading candidates are accepting a lot of money from fairly small groups of people. I invite you to look up the, the APOC website. And I'm a little tired of the polarization. Um, my three uh, things I wanna work on as soon as I get into the mayor's office is COVID-19, um, how, uh, how to continue to deal with that problem and uh, the economy and the city budget. Of course, you know, taxes and all the good things that go along with that. And um, I have a family, I have children here in Anchorage. I have a fourplex downtown in the South Edition. I've lived up on the hillside. I have worked in social work and mental health agencies for high-risk families and children now for over 25 years. I feel like I- Mr. Dunbar, you're up. Thank you, Celeste. And thank you to the Alaska Children's Trust for organizing this event tonight. Uh, my name is Forrest Dunbar and I'm running for mayor to get us past this public health crisis and get our economy back on track. A little about me, uh, I'm a lifelong Alaskan raised in Eagle on the Yukon River, the land of the Han Gwich'in and Cordova, home of the EAC people. I've made my home in East Anchorage, where I serve as a captain in the Alaska Army National Guard and on the assembly. Since I was first elected in April of 2016, I've focused on jobs, quality of life, public safety, and homelessness. I know that together we can make Anchorage an even better place to live, and to do that we need reasonable, fact-based leadership to guide us through our current crisis and into a strong economic recovery. As Trevor said, our best days are still ahead of us. Thank you. Mr. Robbins. Hello, my name is Mike Robbins, and I've been in Anchorage since 1975. I'm running for mayor to make Anchorage a safer, cleaner, and more prosperous city. Um, I have a wife and three children, uh, two kids in the school district now, and a graduate of the school district who just got back from college. Uh, I'm a businessman and uh, sold the last of my businesses uh, last year to run for mayor full-time. So I look forward to the forum tonight. Thank you very much to the Alaska Children's Trust for having us. Thank you. Thank you all for those opening statements. We are excited to dive into the policy questions. Our first question comes to us from Isabella Patterson, an ambassador, Girl Scout, business entrepreneur, and top <laughs> cookies seller. Oh, no way. Nice. Isabella, take us away. It is often said that children and our youth are our greatest resource. Name three things that you would do as a mayor that would demonstrate a real commitment to that belief. Mr. Evans, you are up first. Thank you, Isabella, for that question. Um, yeah, I, I think as a government, we have to focus on sort of higher order things. Uh, different than a nonprofit might do uh, in addressing these problems. I think the first thing we have to do is make sure our children are raised in a safe environment. Uh, that means we have to improve the public safety in our city uh, to reduce the incidence of adverse childhood experiences, which we know lead to problems down the road. 
The second thing is we have to increase the prosperity of our city. Cities that have great prosperity have fewer problems with their children. There's more opportunity. There's more recreation. We have to be able to do that. And third, it's education. Uh, we have to be a, a city that demands the best of our education system. Those are the three things I would focus on. Thank you. Mr. Dunbar, you are next. Thank you, Celeste, and thank you, Isabella, for the question. Um, first, uh, our future relies on equitable and quality education for our kids, and that starts with our youngest students. I will continue to invest in making early childhood education accessible for every family. Right now, it isn't. Uh, preschool costs in Anchorage can outpace college tuition. Affordable childcare helps working families build a successful future for their children, and studies show that investing $1 in early childhood education leads to $4 to $9 in return. That is why I worked with my colleagues on the assembly to put $2 million of dedicated alcohol tax funding towards early childhood education. As mayor, I will partner with the Anchorage School District to expand early uh, childcare options, pre-K, and other opportunities to invest in young children. Second, the municipality is one of the largest employers in town must set the standard for what valuing parents looks like in a workplace. This includes paid parental leave, on-site childcare where possible, and pay equity. This is the norm in other states and countries and has been shown to not only improve outcomes for children, but benefit employers as well. Finally, we need to reckon with the gap in educational outcomes between different groups of students in Anchorage. To rectify these disparities, we need to support families outside of the classrooms and ask the students themselves what changes they'd like to see to make their classrooms more welcoming and equitable. A commitment to child welfare in Anchorage without a commitment to equity will not be successful. My administration will build a coalition of people working on solutions who will look like the community they serve. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Brown, you're up. You know, I agree with candidates so far. Early childhood education, uh, education in general at the Anchorage School District. And I think uh, a kind of a trauma-informed uh, uh, approach to all things that have to do with children in um, the municipality of Anchorage. I think that we need to capture all the federal funding and all the state funding we can for all uh, for all education for children for early childhood development. Um, and yes, I agree with uh, childcare uh, so that working mothers and working fathers can, can work. Um, I also believe that we need to, to develop our uh, economy so that uh, those parents can afford to pay for childcare and that we have to have living wages to support that as well. Uh, you can't just look at one program or one group programs group program or group of programs and and think that that's the answer without looking at all the things that support them. So I ju I'm just looking for a really comprehensive view um, and and I'm looking for uh, uh, city officials and for uh, private organizations and for nonprofit organizations to come together, do a comprehensive analysis of how all of these services, all of these programs and all these supports overlay in a really, really thoughtful way so that, so that we can all work on this together. But yeah, I agree with, I agree with a lot of things that other candidates are saying, what I've said, thank you. Thank you. Mr. Robbins, you're next. Thank you very much. A great question, Isabella, and I, I am glad to hear that you were the top cookie seller. That's great. So I think in order for us to, the, the, the three things that I could do as mayor uh, that are most important to the children of our city is first of all, um, we, we need to get our kids uh, back in schools as quickly as possible. We need to be able to open up our school system. Uh, since, the, since the lockdowns, we know that, that uh, the incidences uh, of abuse and kids are vulnerable uh, and they've been uh, locked up with folks that, that don't always have their best interest at heart. So we need to get our kids back in school so that we can help identify that. Um, the second thing we need to do is we need to we need to be tough on crime. We need to prosecute crime. Uh, 
um, especially when it comes to our children. The third thing we need to do is we need to make sure that we have a world-class education system in Anchorage. We need to look for ways and opportunities that we can increase the educational output for the school system because nothing makes our children better prepared to live their lives than a good education. So we need to improve our skills in reading, writing, and arithmetic, and we need to make sure that that happens right away. Thanks. Thank you. Mr. Palsy. Thank you very much for the question. I agree that a city that invests in its youth is a city that is investing in its future. Mm -hmm. So three things, fully supporting the Anchorage School District, expanding pre-K, and helping Anchorage become the best version of itself while inviting youth into the conversation. So first, the single biggest investment of local tax dollars we annually make is our contribution to the Anchorage School District. We're required by law to give a certain minimum contribution, limited by state law to a maximum that we can contribute. In recent years, Anchorage has always invested in the maximum amount. And as mayor, I'd continue that practice. Second, to me, the biggest piece of missing local infrastructure is expanded affordable voluntary pre-K. It's a good part of why I'm running for mayor. The hard numbers show that pre-K makes good economic sense. Study after study show the long-term benefits, positive brain development in the earliest child's years, means a child's more likely to succeed in school, find steady, meaningful employment, enjoy better health, and actually stay out of the prison system. By not investing in our youngest, we are saving ourselves for, and I would make it a significant focus of my administration. Last, supporting the quality of life investments in our parks and trails, which helps our youngest kids and families, while also inviting older kids into the conversations, and not just through our youth advisory commissions, which I'm happy to support, but I'll tell you, I can even remember when I was in high school, a local firm uh, sponsored a debate on the Anchorage Juvenile Curfew Law. I think traditions like that are worth reviving and expanding. Thank you, Mr. Martinez. Well, thank you for the question, Isabella. And uh, the good news is I've already been working on this uh, in the trenches with most of the folks on the call who are part of the youth uh, service uh, community. And, uh, and to, uh, uh, to Jeffrey's point earlier, we have mapped this out and, and part of the mapping is called the path to purpose. So I'll break my answers up into three sections. Recognizing that diversity, equity, and inclusion are critical. We want to continue to, 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 uh, to drive youth leadership opportunities, creating that pipeline for youth leadership recognizing that I spearheaded the reauthorization of the Youth Advisory Commission, but we want to deepen that uh, across our uh, various our communities, including other boards and commissions and local community councils. Uh, next, I want to jumpstart pre-K. It's great to hear that we have a consensus around the, the importance of investing in early childhood education. I think we're a little late to it. Within the first year, I want to jumpstart pre-K uh, in, in our community by bringing a ballot initiative forward where the community gets to uh, exercise its voice utilizing uh, some of the marijuana retail sales tax that we use no dollars for locally for early childhood education. I want to invest in that. And lastly, uh, we did something that's low hanging fruit, public art on trash cans downtown. Uh, if you go downtown, you'll see art, but the school district has that. And that's another way we can increase youth having an opportunity to see their talents reflected in the community, growing stewardship and giving our, our city the opportunity to have them own uh, their own city. I think when, uh, when our young people own Anchorage, we're gonna be moving in the right direction. Thank you. Finally, Ms. Herndon. Thank you, Isabella, um, for the question. So in Fairview Elementary School, we at one point in time, about the fifth or sixth grade, so Fairview Elementary is here in Anchorage. In fifth or sixth grade, we had a, a nursing program that was started a first aid program. And then it stopped. I was looking forward to it and it stopped and it was defunded. And I was kind of really sad about that, but I, I would like to bring those programs back. You can donate to a school for extra programs uh, beyond what we need to learn in order to get our annual testing done. Now, I also 
spent three years in high school because I took UAA at night to make up for the extra credit. So I graduated in three years from high school instead of four. And now that program is called ANSEP, which I strongly recommend. Um, I get a statistic from them that only 60% of our high are ready to go to university and they help you, they tutor you into coming up to a university level and to take those courses to move on to get an accredited degree. And they've even gone into ended engineering. A lot of people have, several of their students have graduated in engineering. So I would like to bring these programs back and I wanna do it in an equitable fashion, not a tax and debt fraction. Thank you. Thank you all. For our second question, we are going to hear from Patrick Anderson, CEO at WorldCast and Abby Hensley, Executive Director of Best Beginning. Many studies have demonstrated the important contribution early childhood education can make in a child's success in school and later in life. And awareness of this importance has grown among the public and policymakers. More and more K through 12 school districts are taking on this work. And that is the case here in Anchorage. However, additional investments must be made in order to meet the needs of our young children, especially those in vulnerable populations. As the mayor, what would you do to boost early learning opportunities for our youngest children? Mr. Falsi, we are going to you first. Well, thank you. As I've said in other forums, as a working father and a public school parent, I definitely know the importance of early childhood education. And as already been mentioned, in Anchorage, it can cost more to send a three-year-old to preschool than it would to send them to UAA. We are still running a system that for a lot of families, all but forces one parent to drop out of the workforce. And Anchorage is behind the curve. Other cities have already figured out it is better for children, it is better for parents, it is better for the economy. When DC expanded pre-K, it saw double-digit percentage increases in the employment of mothers with kids under five. Today, the Anchorage School District uses federal grants to operate preschool programs at our Title I schools, which are schools where kids qualify for free and reduced price lunches. There are around 370 kids in the program. The wait list is twice as long. If you care at all about equity and justice and you want to do something meaningful, and I definitely do, at a minimum, we should figure out how to clear the wait list. That's probably a $5 million proposition. But to really move the needle and get to something like universal pre-K with real quality standards like Threads Learn and Grow, that might be $50 million. Realistically, there are two ways to get there. One, you could follow the model of Chicago or Salt Lake City that use social impact bond financing that might work for our Title I schools. But really, to go all the way, you're going to have to have a mayor who developed and leads a campaign to convince the community through a ballot measure to invest in ourselves and our future through expanded pre-K. And uh, I am very much committed to helping other parents who don't have the spare financial resources and family support that I've enjoyed. This is a key part of how we champion the post-COVID economic recovery for all. Thank you, Mr. Brown, you are next. Um, hi, uh, I believe that we should, uh, as a municipality, we should support any program that we, that, that, it, that we, can, that we can put together to, to provide early childhood uh, learning and development services you know i think that we we should have our head start programs up and running i think that as mr falsey said you know if if it sounds like the need to double uh, early childhood learning is out there and and we sh we should step up as a community and we should uh the, the mayor should i would uh champion that cause i also think it's going to take uh our community and all of the candidates here to all commit to that, I think it's going to take all of us 
to ask the people of Anchorage to recognize that this type of issue is something that goes beyond and above issues of whether or not we're, we're going to have a new tax or that, you know, uh, the ugly word in, in, in this uh, whole political arena is revenue. We need to find revenue to pay for this, especially in this COVID pandemic. Um, I think a, a bond package and, and a ballot initiative is a great idea, but it's going to take all of us working together to do it. And I, I'm happy to be a part of that. And I support it 100%. Thank you, Ms. Herndon. I intend to do joint ventures with different industries and mainly in the STEM fields. So science, technology, engineering, and math and bringing those to Anchorage. There's no reason we can't diversify in our industry and we could have different positions, different jobs that we don't currently have right now. So in a joint venture position in equity, and not raising more taxes because raising more taxes and debt only increases poverty and that's not the direction we're going. So I intend to negotiate these contracts and bring more businesses here. For early education for children, I intend to bring back and, and include the native elders, which is where I got my education when I came home from elementary school back, way back. We have been promised time and time again, we Alaska children have been promised time and time again, we were gonna have an Ivy League university here and we did not get it. So I would like to move forward with not increasing taxes, not increasing debt, bringing a joint venture equity position because we have the resources here to do it. They're bringing their trade secrets, in other words, and they're getting their portion of it. So that's, that's my answer, thank you very much. Thank you. Mr. Evans, you're next. Thanks. I, I, I think that all of the candidates here will agree in principle that early childhood, early childhood education is vitally important. It benefits the children. It benefits our community. Everyone here, I'm sure, wants it. That's why it really comes down to budget. Uh, there are so many things in our city that we want. In, in, in these forums, we talk to different groups, and they all have things that they need. Uh, how are we going to pay for it? We have a city that is based solely on property tax with a tax cap. And those uh, of the panelists tonight who've worked in city government know there's not a lot of slack in our budget. Uh, anything, any money you take from one area has to come from another. So I kind of agree with uh, my fellow Bill, Bill Falsey, uh, that it, it's going to take an effort to change the attitude and anchorage about how we invest in ourselves. We will have to make a change. We'll have to get the entire community behind it. Um, but I think it's a worthwhile effort. Thank you. Mr. Martinez, to you. Yes, uh, behind the data and, uh, and, and behind the numbers are real people and uh, real lives with real families uh, who need these supports. So let me reiterate what I mentioned in the, my first answer, which is uh, I will jumpstart the municipality's investment into pre-K within my first year with the ballot initiative to move a portion of the locally collected marijuana sales tax into this investment. Denver, Colorado has been collecting and investing in, in, its, uh, in its youth uh, from its marijuana sales tax since the very beginning. We're about four years late to this investment. It's not gonna be the, the, the game changer, but it's going to be the starting point for us to leverage uh, broad community support out there uh, to drive this home. Uh, but I also wanna make sure that we're focused on the work we do with the Multicultural Education Concern Advisory Committee, a very long name, shortened as MECAC, for the school district of which I'm a member. 
to take an intergenerational equity-based approach into a community engagement model that parallels the old community schools framework, which is we have the diversity of talent in our community. It doesn't have to cost much. We just have to be able to get there, green light it and move forward. Thank you, Mr. Robbins. Thank you. So uh, I find myself agreeing with the second bill, not the first bill, <laughs> that, uh, that, that I, I think that early childhood education is very, very important. And there's, there's no question about that. But we have an issue at our Anchorage School District now, uh, and we're not providing the proper education to the kids that we've got already. So if we're gonna take another group of students and we're gonna move them into an existing system that's not working, we have to be realistic about what's gonna happen. We can't just magically assume that we're gonna move new kids into the system and that they're gonna get education that the other kids aren't getting. You know, I come from a, uh, my family, my, my wife and I had a child and my wife, we couldn't afford daycare. We decided not to, so my wife stayed home and she stayed home with our daughter for the first, the first three years. And then we were able to put her into, uh, into kindergarten and into pre-K, but it was, you know, it, it's really important that we take a look at the kind of education that we're providing to our kids, whether they be five years old or 15 years old. So I think that I support early education. I'm not sure I can support pre-K. Thank you. Finally, Mr. Dunbar. Thank you, Celeste. And put simply, yes, I would boost early learning opportunities. And I'll say, I, I think I disagree with Mr. Robbins about his estimation of the quality of the Anchorage School District, um, which often does provide very high quality education. Um, I'll say also there are leaders on this call, like Ms. Hall and Mr. Stores, who helped uh, the Assembly and others pass an alcohol tax. And with that, we are making the most significant municipal investment in early childhood education in recent memory. My first priority will be to ensure that those dollars are well spent, outcome driven, and used to serve our most vulnerable children. We need to use those funds to demonstrate to the community that early investments are smart investments because the funding is not nearly enough to cover the total need. Achieving universal voluntarily early childhood education is a big investment, but other cities have done it and we can too. I believe the most realistic approach to get there is to do so in phases. Uh, second, I will work with the school district and community partners to identify additional resources to provide access to quality early education to our least privileged students. There are currently hundreds of kids on the wait list for the school district's Title I pre-K, and we know that some of them will never make it off the, uh, the wait list and will enter with a disadvantage, and that's not right. Third, we can embed learning opportunities in the children's everyday lives. On the Anchorage Park Foundation, we have worked with the Parks Department and the community partners on schools on trails, inclusive playgrounds, and Indigenous language science. Even before they're in the classroom, kids should see the history of the nine of people around them. Finally, we have to acknowledge that getting to universal education, early education will require a mixed delivery system that involves public and private pre-K and high quality childcare. And we don't have a community wide plan for how to get there. And as a mayor, I will leave that. And I'm not gonna get dinged by the bell. Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> Our next question will be from Eve Van Dummelen, Policy and Advocacy Manager at Food Bank of Alaska, Allison Keir, CEO of Covenant House Alaska, and Dash, Anchorage Youth Task Force Coordinator. Food and housing insecurity have been front and center during the COVID-19 pandemic, with steep increases seen by food banks and pantries, as well as the need for rental assistance. 16% of Anchorage's children are food insecure, and 17% of Alaskan households with children were unsure if they could make their next rent or mortgage payment on time. As mayor, what would you do to make sure that every child and person in Anchorage has access to reliable, healthy and affordable food and shelter. Specifically, what action steps 
will your administration take to not only increase access and opportunities, but also to reduce or eliminate the root causes of food and housing insecurity? Mr. Robbins, the floor is yours. Thank you very much. It's a great question. So I think that the, the best way that we can um, deal with housing insecurity and food insecurity is to get our city back open and get our economy restarted. Uh, we can't expect uh, folks to be secure that they're going to have a place to live if they can't pay their rent or make their mortgage payment. So we need to um, get the city open. We need to get our folks back to work. And, and then we need to also look at ways to broaden our economy so that in the future, we don't have to worry about uh, unemployment. We need to make sure that we get, uh, we give everybody a job. We have to give everybody a chance to, to get back to work. Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Dunbar, you're next. Thank you, Celeste. And you know, food and housing insecurity are huge problems in Anchorage. And the best way to ensure Anchorage kids are taken care of to make sure that Anchorage families have access to good paying jobs. And the biggest task for the, next mayor, task for the next mayor will be to guide Anchorage to economic recovery. We can't count on one industry to bankroll our economy anymore. We can't count on the state to fulfill uh, some of its most basic obligations. We need to use science and facts to recover from this pandemic, which will give residents and visitors the confidence to go out to Anchorage businesses. And we need to have a vision for the long-term economic growth in Anchorage. In the meantime, we need to distribute federal assistance quickly and equitably. We've already kept over 7,000 Anchorage families in their homes over the past six months through our rent relief program. We, can't, we canceled overdue utility bills for thousands of Anchorage families. Our grant to the food bank allowed them to scale up their operation, but there is still more work to be done. Too often, people who need assistance the most are the ones who are left behind in relief programs, either because the program is difficult to access or because they don't even know what resources are available. As mayor, I will prioritize deepening our engagement with communities that are left behind because people who are closest to the problem have the best solutions. We will dedicate the mayor's office resources to outreach in a way that ensures that BIPOC communities, residents with disabilities, and residents who don't speak English have the information they need to access available housing and resources. One other part of this, uh, you know, there is a long-standing problem with affordable housing in Anchorage. I have worked on the, uh, the assembly to make housing of all kinds, kinds easier to build and own. I worked with my colleagues to invest in renewable energy to lower energy bills, adjusted Title 21 to make new kinds of housing like unit lot subdivision, accessory dwelling. Mr. Falsey. Thank you. Food and housing security are so critical. I'm not going to get the bell or the mute for us. <laughs> first on food, I'll tell you what we do now, and it's mainly three things. The first is grants. The city passes through state funds in the form of the Human Services Community Matching Grant, and in recent years we have funded the Food Pantry at Catholic Social Services, the Food Bank, Covenant House, and some others. Certainly we have to keep advocating for those funds and continue that practice. The second, the entity that plays the biggest role in food security, at least for youth, is by far the school district with its breakfast and lunch. That's part of why we maintain our investment there. Third, the health department helps people sign up for SNAP and WIC, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program or food stamps and the Supplemental Special Nutrition Program for women, infant, and children. In recent years, we use the innovation team to make that process a lot easier and to outreach to people by texting them on their phones. The more of those federal resources we can draw down, the better off we are all going to be. We should continue in that direction while also improving language access for non-English speakers and doing more proactive research. On housing, there's a lot we can do there. We've said elsewhere that the state legislature in 2017 newly allowed municipalities to incentivize activities that ultimately grow the 
the economy and tax base. As first steps, I drafted ordinances that make use of that power to reward residential construction downtown and affordable and workforce housing units and transit corridors. More work to be done there, including with the utilities. But the answer to both is really championing the economic recovery generally. These food, housing, and insecurity problems uh, become a much easier when we have a more prosperous economy that is working equitably for everyone. Thank you, Mr. Martinez. Food, housing, and insecurity issues that we're talking about now predate, in my mind, uh, COVID. Uh, they have been exaggerated and exacerbated, certainly. Uh, but uh, in Anchorage's best years, uh, it's, 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 I just want to inform some of the other folks on the call, uh, we've always had people with food, housing, and insecurity issues. It's an incredibly difficult city to live in if you don't have certain privileges or access. And uh, those equity challenges are critical. So I just want to make sure that, uh, that folks know that uh, this is a this is a, a, a critical issue. It is it's, it's also part of a legacy issue. Uh, there are many in our community who are eligible for things like SNAP benefits, but who do not receive them. And uh, and we did, as the, the as was pointed out by uh, Bill Falsey, the municipality uh, sent the I team to do that work to help connect people to those resources using advanced technology, things like uh, messaging on, on text phones. But we can also help connect people to uh, additional resources that I believe our city is under leveraged. And so I want to talk about food security specifically. I've had a lot of opportunity to do work with the cooperative extension and, uh, and, and talk about how we can grow a food security framework here in Anchorage by leveraging urban farming, by leveraging and uh, also federal uh, ag dollars. Uh, we often qualify for urban and rural money. And, uh, and I think that there's some tremendous opportunities when we expand an urban food security framework. Uh, but I've also just wanted to step out of the, the, the eighth floor conversation into the street. Mr. Brown, you're next. Oh, look at that, I got it. Go. Um, for food security and housing, I think we need to, we need to prioritize. Um, I think the, the number one thing that we always need to do when it comes to food and housing and security is to provide food and housing for people who need it right now. And I think, you know, this, uh, the, the rental assistance that's been, assistance that has been provided and the food banks um, and, and private organizations stepping up to meet that need is fantastic. I think uh, we need to take advantage of all of the federal and state funding streams we possibly can, not just now, but in perpetuity. We all pay federal taxes. We should penetrate those uh, federal programs at a maximum. Um, moving on, you know, for the midterm, we need to talk about education. We need uh, our graduating seniors uh, and, and juniors and sophomores in, in the next few years to be able to be employable. So I think, you know, education and, and skills training, job training, uh, employment training for our, our um, soon-to-be entering the workforce um, youth is, is of great importance in the midterm. I think overall in the midterm and the long-term economic development is just a huge part of this equation. And, you know, that's a bigger conversation and, and I'm all about that. You know, I, I can't take all my time right now talking about that, but I can say that we are in a pickle because our revenue is being chopped off. We are trapped with a, an artificial ceiling. We need to talk about revenue. Thank you, Ms. Herndon, to you. Now, I'm hearing that it takes SNAP about a month to get benefits and getting rental assistance from the city is also taking quite long to get it. And there was a miscomprehension of how many people would be applying. Now, before COVID hit us, okay, 
back in 2010, I started a 501c3 because people came to me and I could do it because I used to be an auditor auditing nonprofits here in Anchorage and all over Alaska. And with the statistic of we could only feed 40,000 people for a week, and we have 731,000 people in this state. Now, most of us who are born and raised here, we know how to go and what's edible, what's not, and hunting and fishing and so forth, and filling up our freezers because we were raised that way, not relying on trucks bringing everything to the general store. So I'm a housing developer. I've worked with different housing developers and what I'm hearing from the housing developers is that the permitting fees are too high. And the permitting fees, of course, go back to the city. So there has to be some kind of balance and affordable housing is only so much less than retail housing. And we need more of it. We need to rezone to mixed use. There's lots of things that we could do. And I would love to have the Northway Mall. So thank you. Thank you. So Mr. Evans, to you. Um, it's critically important that we redevelop Anchorage's economy, but we have to keep in mind that it's not simply because of COVID. It's not recovering from COVID. We were in an economic decline before COVID, and we need to understand that so we put the right fixes in place to get our economy going again. Uh, and that's an issue for a bigger question at another time, how we do that. But directly to this question, we do have a, a big problem in this city with affordable housing. Uh, and since housing costs are any family's main expense, if we can reduce housing costs, it takes pressure off food insecurity as well. And there are ways we can, there's ways, realistic ways within the municipality's control to reduce housing costs. Uh, we do have a, a bad problem with our permitting department that adds about 10% onto the cost of housing, most people in the field will tell you. We also put too much uh, emphasis on making developers pay for infrastructure, and we have to reduce that. We also have to reevaluate our reliance on property taxes to pay for everything. Uh, if we do those things, we can reduce the cost of housing for everybody, including making affordable housing and alleviate some of these problems. Thank you, candidates. Moving on to question four. Sherry Henshaw, President and CEO of Volunteers of America Alaska, and Barb Dubovich, CEO of Campfire Alaska. Hi, the pandemic has placed great strain on the mental health of our community and especially our youth. Prior to pandemic related social disruption and isolation, Alaskan suicidality trends were already alarming. In 2019, one of every three high school students responding on the Youth Risk Behavior Survey reported feeling sad or hopeless in the prior year and 20% reported attempting suicide, nearly double the 2007 rate. As mayor, how will you work with community and social service organizations to truly understand what the mental health care needs are for our children and youth here in Anchorage and work to provide a comprehensive behavioral health system for youth in our city? Mr. Dunbar, we are hearing from you first. Thank you, and you know, like most people who grew up in Alaska, um, 
my my life was impacted by suicide. I had a number, I had a, several friends who died by suicide, um, and that's just the tragic reality of this state. Um, now that's been the case long before COVID. You know, suicide and mental health have been dual crises in Alaska for decades, and Alaska ranks 36 out of 50 states for overall child well-being. And that's largely because Alaskan children are experiencing trauma at a higher rate than many other states. And we need to address this crisis by providing resources to support families in our community. This is why I fought for the alcohol tax to have dedicated funds to combat and address homelessness, substance abuse, behavioral health issues, child abuse, sexual assault, and domestic violence, which are all drivers of elevated ACEs scores in children. In addition to combating ACEs, we need to practice trauma-informed teaching practices in our schools and provide trauma-informed care in our community. Uh, that's something that Natasha Pineda, Heather Harris, and others have been leading at the health department in an effort that I want to continue expanding to all parts of the community. Um, I worked with the school board and my colleagues on the assembly to get mental health crisis clinicians, I'm sorry, clinicians into schools in response to acute mental health needs of our kids during this crisis using CARES Act funds. And I will fight to keep and expand those resources in future years. And part of our recovery will be this psychological recovery. And the municipality should continue to direct resources to programs like additional counselors and the new mental health first responder team. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Martinez, to you. I feel privileged to be a person that, that has broken the chains of the of the of the ACEs scores in my own family and my own life, uh, having grown up as a child of a single parent um, on public assistance, and uh, and 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 being able to know that uh, when I when I did my ACE count score, uh, that the odds were stacked against me. I feel privileged to be able to break that chain in my own family and to be able to reson uh, relate to uh, to people on in, in real time. Uh, the people on the streets, the people who are experiencing um, the, this trauma. So first, my administration will be uh, trauma-informed from the very beginning. I'm, I am a certified uh, 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 youth mental health responder as well, so I carry that as a practical element of my background. Um, but I, I think we also have to recognize that we have to move away from some of this, uh, the toxic partisanship that's in our city, in our community, and get back to how we find each other and roll our sleeves up and work together. I will re-engage the Path to Purpose monthly task force that many on this call were involved with. That's the way we found strategic realignment. That's the way for three, four years, we found opportunities to add value to each other, uh, to that work. And, and that's where we're going to listen to what, the, what we can do together. But I think, I think where we direct the federal resources uh, to, to this issue, and then as we raise uh, our awareness in the community, we have a strong philanthropic and a strong civil society. We have to all be in this together. It's not just going to be the municipality. It's families, it's leaders, and it's all of us. Ms. Herndon, you're next. Thank you very much. This question reminds me of Dr. Poole that was a school counselor at West High School and then was a counselor over at UAA. And when certain children started acting out in school, it was because he simply said, well, they're bored. Why don't we give them some kind of exam and, and see what their personality type is, their career choice, what, what would be suitable for them? And he took it to the next level. And I really think that in this day and age, we can customize learning. We don't need to be tied to the person who with the lowest skill set in the class, that we can achieve our own level. As they say, water seeks its own level. So I believe that we could have more customizable programs and we just need to let these students know what's available to them and that there's jobs at the end of it. 
if you go through the skilled jobs classified um, Indeed, LinkedIn, you find that yeah, there's these really great jobs, except you don't have the skills to go get them. And why is that? Because we have so much money that came from the petroleum industry that was basically blown away. It didn't go to us Alaskan kids. So I feel that that will give them hope that they have, they find out themselves, their own ability, and that we critique the, the jobs in the university towards that. Thank you. Mr. Falsi, you are up. Well, thank you. For adverse childhood experiences, suicidal ideation, mental health, it again is important to understand the baseline. The main player in this space is again the school district and schools have the most direct exposure to the kids and the nursing staff to really exist, to, to assist. Maintaining those investments and then expanding school district and Head Start offerings to younger kids help us get better data and catch problems earlier. Um, second, for the, the municipality for the first time about two years ago began funding a competitive grant process for programs specifically to address adverse childhood experiences. It's a competitive evidence-based program that so far has resulted in an award to Volunteers of America who deployed some additional mental health resources to the schools, which we could do by augmenting our school funding, and that's worth continuing. But ultimately, the mayor's powers are to set the agenda, set the direction, to convene, to communicate, and to hold folks accountable. And part of shifting to more front-end prevention work will require use of those powers. The mayor should put it on the agenda, convene the players, beef up our partnerships with the state. The health committee at the assembly heard from Jared Parrish from the state for the first time this last year, who presented all sorts of shocking data about the number of substantiated reports of childhood abuse to the Office of Children's Services. And then the mayor should shine a light on those issues, tell the truth and boldly, good and sometimes especially bad another, uh, including in future state of the city type addresses, and then find solutions. And that will only come in partnership with the community and the social services organizations. Thank you, Mr. Evans. Thanks. I, I think embedded in the question you asked is sort of the solution. Uh, the phrase comprehensive behavioral health system um, for youth. Uh, the problem is we don't have one. We've, we've never had one. Uh, years back, I served as the, the chair of the state mental health board. And in, I got in that capacity without having any background in mental health. Uh, and it was a very big learning experience for me. And the first thing I learned was that we don't have a system. It's sort of surprising. We have a lot of great nonprofits that are out there that are operating uh, on their own missions. Uh, but you know, when somebody needs mental health services or behavioral health services, they need a system that is easily accessible, that makes sense, and that is comprehensive so that it meets all of their needs at one time. Um, and we don't have that. We need better coordination. And that's something that, you know, the mayor of Anchorage is not going to be able to do by himself or the, or the administration. We have to work better with the state. Uh, we do a very poor job of that. And it shows. Uh, but if Anchorage and the state get together on these issues, put politics aside, look for the solutions, we can create that system. And that would, I think, make, would, all, would make all the difference in the world. Thank you, Mr. Brown. You're next. Yeah. Um... Uh, I think it's important to note that uh, Anchorage and Alaska have the highest rates of violence, crimes, drugs, domestic violence, um, and uh, many, many of the dysfunctions of the, of the human race. And unfortunately, that does result in adverse childhood experiences and trauma, and that affects a human being for their entire life. 
uh, we're sending humans forth in the ocean of the world, leaving a very disruptive wake. Um, it's very unfortunate. Um, I think the first step is intervention. The first thing we need to do is we need to run uh, marketing and advertising campaigns, uh, public service announcements, asking people to report and to identify uh, children who are either being abused or neglected or children who are having mental health crisis or ha uh, uh, having um, uh, symptoms uh, uh, that could be associated with su uh, suicide. Um, I think that we have a real problem with uh, the behavioral health services uh, being available for these children and being available, especially for the high-risk youth. It's very difficult to find a provider who will serve a high-risk youth and uh, bill out to Medicaid. And I think we ought to be asking our providers to help there. We ought to be asking our schools to help identify. We ought to help ask our mental health providers to get involved in programs that go into the school and then further supports. I have no more time, sorry. Thank you. And apparently Mr. Robbins' internet went down and so we will um, move on. And so thank you candidates. Our next question, will be from Stephanie Berglund, CEO of Thread. Hello, before and during the pandemic, many parents struggled to find or maintain access to safe quality childcare for their young children. Additionally, families are stretched financially and after the pandemic hit, some have lost jobs or have had reduced hours, which means many families cannot afford, afford childcare. Childcare is a critical support for Anchorage's economic stabilization, and recovery as it allows families to go to work. What are your priorities for helping working families with access to affordable, high quality childcare? And would you, and how would you increase financial investment to high quality childcare services? Mr. Martinez, you are up first. Uh, let me start off with the last part first, Stephanie, which is uh, yes, uh, I would um, support uh, the increasing financing, but I think you do it again with, with when the municipality steps forward and says, we're going to invest in these areas, we're going to prioritize these areas, you have the ability to then bring people along with you, whether it's the, the local corporations, state, uh, and other players in the philanthropic community. You're, you're able to start bringing people together. They did that in Oakland, where in, in Oakland, for example, they put a ballot initiative out there to support the investment in early childhood education. Because the people voted on that, they were then the city was able to start to leverage that. So I'm a, 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 tr a tremendous leverager and believe that we can really invest into these areas. But let's start off with the priority in my mind, which is this is critical infrastructure to both the economic stabilization and recovery. But if we take a step back, the lack of doing it already, we could have moved in these directions or has made our city weaker and less prepared. So to get back to full economy, and we're talking about getting our economy back and, and getting people back to work, we're going to have to have these investments in early childhood education and in childcare at a high quality that's affordable to help families get back into the workforce. So I believe we can pursue this with a strong network, reducing overall costs of standing up this initiative alone. Mr. Evans, the floor is yours. Thank you. I think the issue of affordable childcare is probably of all the topics we're talking about, maybe the most important, at least economically, and it needs to be a national priority. The lack of affordable childcare is a huge driver of income inequality uh, that we have a huge problem with. It is also a huge driver of gender pay equity issues. We have to find a way to solve that. 
Now, the bad news is that on the local level, that's very hard to do. Um, you know, we Again, it's like question number one in the sense that we don't have the money in our budget to significantly impact this issue. We can do things, we can shift some things, we can make some progress, but it is gonna take a bigger effort. I think the best thing that the mayor can do is to be, like others have said, that beacon of light. Shine the light on the importance of this issue, look for every opportunity we have to make progress in it, and partner with both state and federal authorities uh, to get this job done, because is it is critically important for our, our country's economic development, let alone Anchorage. Ms. Herndon, you're next. Thank you very much. Um, my mother was handicapped and she had five back operations. She could still walk, but she had half a foot amputated. And she had childcare here in this house, this house that you see behind me. Um, she's recently passed away three years ago, and she's over a, in Fort Rich Cemetery, National Cemetery over there. But I think we should be embracing, and I know that the SBA, people down the Small Business Administration downtown, very helpful. More than any other place you'd ever go, they are very, very much there to help you and hold your hand almost through the process. Um, we need to encourage entrepreneurship. And we need, but we need the right people. We need background checks. We can't have people who are sex offenders watching children. In fact, we need to get rid of them. So I would like to increase participation and entrepreneurship and help them create these childcare centers as well as lead a path forward to what, what field, what professional field for potentially because I want children to try on different fields of employment and careers to figure out what they want to do with their early age and expose them to different ones. So that's why I like ANSEP so much is because it's across the board. Thank you very much. Mr. Dunbar, you are up. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Stephanie, uh, for the question. And, you know, you were one of the first people I, I met with when I got on the assembly. And I also really uh, appreciate your advocacy this summer during the pandemic. Um, you know, we've really seen how crucial this issue is for our working parents. We can't stabilize and recover our economy if parents have to choose between quality childcare and paying their rent or mortgage. We know offering childcare options allows for parents to be in and stay in the workforce, which can increase their family standard of living and generate economic growth. To lead on this, municipalities should be an example and try to provide on-site childcare and paid parental leave. And like I said before, I'm committed to expanding access to early childhood education and high quality childcare must be a part of that equation. My administration will collaborate with community partners such as THREAD, private child care providers, tribal pre-K providers, and the Anchorage School District to expand child care options, pre-K opportunities, and other opportunities to invest in our young children. You know, along with Assemblymember Zolotel and Quinn Davidson, I fought to put $15 million of child care subsidies into our CARES Act distribution. And we heard from some child care providers that these funds kept them from going out of business this fall and winter, which helped working parents keep our community operating. We should prioritize them in the next round of federal aid, and we should look for long-term funding options once the crisis has ended. Thank you. Mr. Brown, you're next. Well, child care. Uh, I, I find it interesting that we're talking about uh, taking care of children when they're young, and we're talking about early learning. 
and um, we're talking about identifying um, adverse childhood experiences, especially early ones. I think the provisions of all these services when children are very young are literally the fountainhead of uh, what we can do as a society um, for, for bettering human development. Uh, I am surprised we all aren't talking more about uh, creating a, a system of supports that incorporates childcare um, with uh, uh, pre-K, with uh, our, our concept of what we call early learning centers. I was lucky enough to be able to have my children go to the Dinaina um, Early Learning Center at UAA. And uh, those educators truly believed that uh, th those young students um, believed that as soon as a child was old enough to come into the early learning center, this kind of chokes me up, that it, that was already a time to start teaching and, and a time to start celebrating those children. And I think we ought to dovetail these programs. We ought to use the Anchorage School District. We ought to start looking at this as an educational opportunity as well as a support system. Finally, Mr. Falsey. Well, thank you. From my earlier answers, you know, I agree with early with expanded affordable quality child care. Right now, the city licenses child care providers. We receive a grant from the state to do it, and the state law requires our local regulations to be at least as protective as the state regulations. When I attended a conference that Thread put on in 2019, that really further motivated my interest in the area. And so I convened the subject matter experts at the city to do a deep dive into our regulations to make sure that we as a city hadn't put up any unnecessary licensing or regulatory roadblocks. And we did find one. Some years back, the city had imposed an insurance requirement on facilities that didn't make any sense. And so we got rid of that in March 2020. But all that is, is really at the margins. The next thing that the city could do is make it easier for providers to start and expand their businesses, to provide technical assistance to get through the regulatory process. But the central issue is really that a well-functioning childcare facility is an invaluable public service, but a very marginal market activity. We have childcare ratios that require one caregiver for every four babies in the infant room and one caregiver for every 10 four-year-olds. And that makes public health sense, but it means there are so few payers for each teacher. And so we end up with high tuitions and uh, caregivers who are still making low wages with no or poor benefits. And the only way to get through that is more direct investment. The CARES Act money was a one-time fix for the emergency, but the only sustainable way is through expanded mixed delivery of pre-K. And because he that pays the piper calls the tune, then you could make quality requirements. Thank you, candidates. And thank you all for joining us for this important discussion. Thanks for joining us today for Addressing Alaskans. You just heard Anchorage mayoral candidates discussing how they'd address youth and children related issues in the city. Anchorage's election is Tuesday, April 6th. If you missed part of this show or want to hear more like it, head to the Addressing Alaskans page on alaskapublic.org or download the Alaska Public Media app to listen wherever you go. For Alaska Public Media, I'm Ammon Swenson. Addressing Alaskans is a production of Alaska Public Media, which is solely responsible for its content. Theme music is by Patrick Lee. The views expressed are those of the hosts and participants and do not reflect KSKA or its underwriters. To let us know about an upcoming community event that you would like to hear on Addressing Alaskans, go to our website at alaskapublic.org and click on Contact Us at the bottom of the page.
Life Informed. This is Alaska Public Media.